how many of you guys heard the message of God being called the good news? There's the good news. It's called the gospel. And obviously that message is very important that we need to take it to the world. John 3.16 in the message puts it this way. This is how much God loved the world that he gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and everlasting life. God didn't go through all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger telling the world how bad it was. He came to help, to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust in him has long since been under the death sentence without even knowing it. And why? Because that person's failure to believe in the one-of-a-kind one son of God when introduced to him. So, in this, basically our salvation will truly be the least that we can do if we don't do anything else. Us just receiving the gift is the very least. Because there's way bigger plans for that whole message than just ends with us. It's to give this message to others. It's to go off and tell other people the story of it all. Uh, when this message is true to you, when you really, really, truly believe in your heart that this is the good news, you're going to want to really give this gift to other people around you. It's not going to be something you want to keep for yourself. You're going to want to share it with other people all the time. And not because we're just told to do it, not because... God's word tells us you should do it, but because we truly want to do it, because we feel the passion and the desire ourselves to give people freedom. You know, basically because we know with all our hearts that it made a difference for us. Our lives are forever changed because of it, because we know that there's power and there's freedom and forgiveness in following after God. You know, because you know that life is filled with a life of abundance because you've accepted this message and you know abundance isn't going to be had unless you're following after God. And basically because we know if we don't believe this message, that our friends and family's destinies, all those people that we come into contact with that we could have reached, are going to be lived out forever in hell. So it's whether or not we truly believe that is whether or not how passionate you're going to be willing to spread this message. Missionaries go across oceans to share this message. They, they face situations where they're getting killed uh, people's families being um, beheaded. There's more missionaries that are being killed in this century than there have been in the past. We just don't hear about it as much. I kind of liked it, was thinking about it today when I was preparing this message, and I was thinking about the fact that it's kind of like this message of Christ. It's kind of like this idea of thinking if you were scuba diving, if you're down in the middle of the, you know, the ocean and you're scuba diving, and you notice a person, and they're just getting ready to lose that last breath. You know the next breath is going to be a whole gulp of water, and they're going to drown. And you're, they're swimming next to them. You're seeing it, and you know yourself that you've got this whole tank of oxygen that all you have to do is walk over, and you have to just give them a little, and they can breathe, and they can last longer and live. And I think that's what we need to think when we really look at people's lives in salvation. There's people drowning around us everywhere. They're not going to come up. They're going to drown. They're not going to make it. And we have the oxygen to get them through. We can do it. But it's whether or not you're noticing. It's whether or not that you're aware. It's whether or not that that, that message to you is important enough, that you believe it enough that you want to share it with other people. There's a lot of churches in America and throughout the world that man, their plan is they're going to give this life, they're going to offer that oxygen if someone would just 
stumble in the door, and then they'll give it to them. But that's not enough. We're not supposed to just wait for people to come here to us all the time and then say, okay, now I can give you life. Because that's really just waiting and biding our time, isn't it? Because the message that God gave us, Jesus' message in Luke 19.10, was to seek and save the lost. Seek and save. Not just save. Not just wait till somebody comes in and offers. Do we want you guys to all understand what the message of salvation is? Absolutely. I want you to understand what the Bible says. Not what CYM says, not what the Assemblies of God says, but what God's holy word says. That's what's important. But it doesn't just say that I want to tell you so that you're saved. We're supposed to actually work, go, seek, do those things. You know, a lot of times we're willing to do the saving if it's quick and easy. You know, if it doesn't interfere with your schedule, if you're not on your way to work. You know, well, I already had friends to go with my friends to a movie, you know, go with my friends to the movies and, you know, kind of hanging out with friends. I really don't have time to actually willing to sit down and tell you the message of Christ. You know, the world is full of people who have never really truly heard a true representation of the message of salvation. They really have never heard it. In America, we hear it all the time. There's churches of almost every single block that you'll see. True, but that means nothing. Because I was 28 years old before I understood who, what Jesus did for me. No one told me. I did not know the message of salvation. And I don't think a lot of your friends and your family, that, and the people that you come in contact with, know at all the message of salvation. I think it's really, really false thinking to think that they do just because there's a church down the street from them. I want to explain what the message of salvation is to you. Obviously, God created the world. There was sin. Sin entered in through Adam and Eve. Because of this, there was never a way to fully be forgiven. There was all these animal sacrifices. That's what people did in those days. They'd go up and they'd sacrifice animals to try to feel like they were good enough. That was the Old Testament, the old way of doing things, the Old Covenant. But when Jesus came, there was a new covenant. The plan was that he was perfect. God coming to earth, born as man, lived a sinless life, the only one that walked on this earth that did it. He's the only one that could possibly die for our sins and be the perfect sacrifice. And that's exactly what he did. Willingly. Not because he was weak. Not because he just decided to do it, you know, one day. It's because it was planned. Jesus was there at the very beginning when the world was created and he was willing to die on the cross for each one of us. That's the message of salvation. The message of salvation is the fact that every one of you is not good enough to get to heaven on your own. You have to have a perfect sacrifice. That's what God's word tells us. Every single one of us is a sinner. God's word tells us to admit that we're sinners. Ask God to forgive us. Trust in Jesus Christ. Believe in him. Trust in him. And then turn away from sin. And if we do that, we can have salvation. That's the message of salvation. So if you've never, now there's, me telling you that, there's a lot of weight in that. Because, you know, it might be really simple for you to say, you know, I don't understand the message of salvation. I want you to know that forever, now, forever today, if you never heard it, now is your chance to respond to it. And if you don't, it's up to you. You did hear the message. God's word says that once you hear it and you walk away, now you have to stand and you have to decide whether or not it meant something. Because now forever you know what it was. It's your decision if you're going to walk away, if you're going to stay, and if you're going to accept Jesus as your Savior. So you know it now. You know it. It's up to you if you accept it or reject it. But if you accept it, it's not just accepted. There's a mission that comes with it, and it's called the Great Commission. 
Matthew 24, 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and the end, then the end will come. Our message is that we share the message of Christ with others. And when God's word says, this message is preached to all nations, Jesus will come back for his faithful followers. That's what the Bible says. To the lost, the gospel is a light. To the dead, it's life. To the sick, it's a healer. And to the slave, it's freedom. But it's whether or not you have eyes to see it. Whether or not you have a heart to care. And whether or not you're willing to really seek out those who are lost. You know, there's those people who did the most. Not just the least. They did the most in their generation. Noah. Noah did it when he built an ark in the middle of a desert just to save those people that he could save from the flood. The friends of the paralyzed man, man, there's those people that did the most, did they not? They wanted their friend to be healed. So what they did was they hoisted him up, dragged him up on a roof, a man that could not walk, dug a hole through the roof, dropped him down so he could be at the feet of Jesus Christ. Them are friends that did the most for their friend. Mary in the, in the Bible, not Mary, the mother of Jesus, but Mary, the one who poured out the alabaster jar of perfume upon Jesus' feet and wiped him with her tears and cleaned him. That was the most that she could do. That was sacrifice to give the most that she had. It says that her, the jar of perfume could have fed people for months and months and months. Then there's Joy Gordon, a missionary in India, who did the most and not the least when he backpacked Bibles into a village who had never, ever heard the good news of Christ. And it's sad because, you know what, we do this and we think we're reaching so much, but then he was humbled by this man that came up to him and said, that's awesome, but it took 2,000 years. My, grandpa, my grandfather and my father didn't get to hear this, and they're right now they're in hell. It's a time we need to move forward. We need to be willing to really fight this battle and really get this warrior-like attitude in our hearts that we are in an army of God and that we're going to fight for it. All of these things the world might look at and say, who cares? Who cares? What a waste. What a waste of your valuable time. What a waste of perfume. What a waste of money. But you know, the thing is that God looks at that stuff and he says, man, that's what he considers worthy and what he considers as worship. Uh, Mary, the one who did this for Jesus, you would think that it wouldn't be such a big deal. But what Jesus says is that what she did was worship for him. He said that everywhere, everywhere, he makes a point that the gospel is preached from then on. This woman's offering would be talked about throughout history, and it is. We still today talk about what she did. If only we could have such a testimony, it would be great. Mary made her offering very personal. She gave, but not the least, she gave the most. You know, giving is the most precious in God's sight when our, it is in our worship to him. When it's not just giving out of compulsion or because we need to, it's because we really want to and because we desire to, because we love and we have passion to do it. Our giving really has to be very personal. We have to really seek that out. When you give to missions, you give to speed of light, or, or you do something for Jesus out of your faith, make it personal. I beg of you, think about it in terms of personal things. You know, when you, even if you're doing something on your own and you're thinking no one's there to watch you, notice, think about the fact that Christ is watching. He's paying attention. Make it worship. I don't care if it's taking out the garbage. Make it worship. Make it not the least that you do, but make it the most. And do it everywhere. Not just in certain places, but everywhere. 
when we do our most, God does his most. That's how he works. You know, the missionaries who went off these different countries and did their most, you know, because of it, they're now Christian churches in Iraq. You know, a Bible school in Iraq. 3,500 families that have come to Christ in Afghanistan, a country that never had this. You know, when we give or we go, we see things start to happen. In one country, the Muslim leadership gave the missionaries 100 acres of ground in exchange for their help in digging a well. And then afterwards, they offered to help them build a church. Muslims, this is not normal. This is God. If we do our most, he does his most. In Africa, they needed ground to build a church, and when he asked a chief there, he was told that if the missionary would take the chief's daughter and some others for a ride in a speed light vehicle, that they could have the space to build. What a fair trade, you know? Uh, Now there's a church on that property. Just willingness to go. Assemblies of God, I know that there's always some confusion about what Assemblies of God is. Assemblies of God is a fellowship, a denomination. A lot of people think it's just a small church here. It's one of the fastest growing church denominations that there is. Assemblies of God are actually reaching 288 people an hour for Christ. They're in more countries than the United Nations is. And a new church is built every six minutes, maybe not in America, but around this world. Every six minutes, there's a church built. You know, God may call you someday to go everywhere. It might be that God is already going to start to place in your heart a specific place, some place that he wants you to go. You may receive something about Africa and think, yeah, that's it. God has done something with me in the last year and a half or two. I really feel a burden to go to Israel. I really feel like my job is going to be in the future. We even had to fill out something for Pastor Steve the other day where I'd see myself in a year or four years down the line. And I thought, always to work with youth as long as God will let me. But I definitely could see in the future maybe going to Israel, maybe teaching young people in, in Israel. Who knows? That might be my plan. But God will give us a desire. But I want you to know, God doesn't give us a desire for a country unless we're doing something now. And I think that's where people get tripped up in Christianity. They keep waiting for this big break, this great, big, huge thing that they're going to do for God, but they don't understand that it starts here and now. If you don't have the passion to save your friends, your family, your neighbors, I don't believe he's going to call you to country. I really think he's going to call you now to cross the street. I want you to know that there is a mission appoint, uh, missionary appointment that you can have right now. We kind of talked about a little bit that video that led into the message. Your missionary message, you, where you're supposed to go, your commission is in Mendota, LP, Hall, Putnam County, Ottawa, all the junior highs around this area, that's where you're from. You know, you're called to be a campus missionary right here, right now to do this. If you're a believer, if you're a true believer, if you have passion, you're called to reach your classmates for them. For him, that's what it's all about. At the information center, when you leave, I'm going to have some papers down there that you can fill out for you to grab. It's going to be a. I want. There's a class. Every class that you're in, if you want to take one for each class, where you sit, think about who's around you. Write their names down, and if you really would start to do the things that you need to do, like pray for them. Strategically think about reaching them. But I'd like you to grab some if you could. If you're really going to burden yourself with it and take it upon yourself to do this, to do this job. Um, You don't need a special appointment to do this one. You just have have to have a heart to see people that are drowning around you, those that aren't making it. I mean, we don't know when we're promised another day. We really don't. But it's up to you if you're going to reach out and give them some oxygen, if you're going to try to do something. 
To do it, you just have to be real. And a real follower of Christ does these five things. Pray. Daily communication with God. His word. Praying for your friends, your enemies, your teachers, your principals, family members, co-workers, others who don't know the God that we serve. If it's a burden, if you have passion, you're going to do those things. If you're praying, you're going to be able to reach them. I, I beg of you, if you're really a true follower of Christ, start to get this in your heart and start to pray for those. You also need to live. You need to live a life of authenticity. You can't be fake. People see through it. Most of all, kids see through it. Teenagers see through it. They can tell when you're not real. But you have to be consistent in your walk with God. You have to demonstrate true, true godly character, obedience to his commands. Be passionate in, for, in your love that you have for God. It has to be passionate. Worship and praise the God who does all he does for you. I mean, God does everything for us. We're so blessed. Serve. Follow Jesus' example of servanthood by using your God-given gifts and abilities. Your talents, what you're good at, isn't just there so you can enjoy it. I want you to know, if you are a believer, you're called to use that talent for God. That's why he's gifted you with it. That's the point. It's not just so, hey, look at that person, they're good at this. God wants you to take your talents and use them and use them as worship for him. That's what he wants. You have to serve the church. You have to serve your community. You have to model daily sincere humility that draws people to Jesus through you. They're going to notice something different about you. They're going to see that there's something real. And then you have to also tell. You have to actively pursue opportunities to tell other people about Jesus. You have to be prepared to initiate conversations about spiritual matters, not just about what movie's playing, not just about what clothes they're wearing, but initiate conversations. And when someone questions you about your faith, someone asks you different details, don't just act too busy that you don't have time to share. Share with them. We don't know what people have going on in their lives. We don't know when people are really hunger, hungering for that word. Just a little bit of hope in their life to get them through. We don't know. Be willing to share your message. Kindly, with respect, not hurtfully, not rude, not just all about, you know, you're rotten, you're a sinner, but telling them that Jesus loves them. That's what you need to do. And also Give. Honor God. Give to God your most, not your least. I beg of you. Give generously of your time, your talents, your money. Spread the message of Jesus if it's real to you. If it's not real to you, I want you to know this is not going to make sense to you. It's just not going to, you're not going to get it. It's not, there's going to be a disconnect. You're not going to understand. You're not going to understand what's the point. If it's real to you, you're going to start to understand what I'm saying. You really need to quit doing the least of what you can do for God. And you really need to start getting this mindset of doing your most instead. Because if you don't, I want you to know that you're really leaving your generation hopeless. If you don't do it, who's going to do it? Throughout the Bible, there's numerous times that you'll see where there's somebody who was called to do something and it specifically says in their generation they did this. If you don't step up and you don't start to take the passion and fight for you, what your generation is going to hear, I'm going to tell you there's going to be a whole generation that's going to fall away from God. They're not going to understand who Jesus is. The message isn't going to make it. But it's up to you if you're going to want to be passionate about serving it, serving the God that you, you say that you love, and sharing the message of Christ with others. So I beg of you to start to really think through that, that message and uh, really be passionate and uh, serve God.